The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away, and I will come back to you. If you, if you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. My dear friends, the good news, the gospel of the Lord. Grace to you, Lord Jesus Christ. May the words of the Holy Gospel blot out our sin. Amen. My dear friends, I just want to again congratulate the uh, graduates. We're so glad that you're here today. And we're um, just very pleased at all, all of the hard work and everything you've done to accomplish this. And God is glorified by that and by your goodness. And so we are proud of you and we are glad you're here. And you're going to receive like a ton of blessings since you're here today. It's going to come from God onto you. My dear friends, my name is Father Simon Felix. I'm currently stationed in Bloomington, Indiana at Indiana University. And uh, so I thank you very much for having me in your home today. It's my honor and privilege to be here and to uh, celebrate this Mass with you today. I would like to start with an image to help us kind of get to what Jesus is saying in the Gospel because it's so profound. And the image I'd like to start with is the temple in Jerusalem, the historical temple in Jerusalem. So if you ever heard of it before, I'm sure you have, but it was uh, the place that was built for the worship of God by the Jewish people. And actually, by the time of Jesus, it was the third place. And the person who built that third temple is Herod the Great, also known as Herod the Builder. And that's not the same Herod who put Jesus on trial. That was his son. It was his father that built the temple, Herod the Great. He is the one who sent the soldiers to Bethlehem to murder all the children trying to kill Jesus. He's the one who built that magnificent temple in Jerusalem. And in the temple, if you were to go in there, into the Holy of Holies, into the most sacred part of the temple, you would have seen a, a gigantic curtain going across. So you have to imagine in this space a gigantic curtain going across 
our holy of holies here, a gigantic curtain. It was about 40 feet high and 16 feet thick. The thing was gimongous. It was huge. And only one person could go back there a year to go behind that curtain. You remember in the story of Zechariah, he was chosen that year when he had the vision from the angel that told him about John the Baptist. He was the one chosen that year to go behind that curtain and be in the Holy of Holies. And what was in that Holy of Holies? Well, many things. Many things were there, but especially the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was a golden chest, and in there was the rod of Aaron and what was left of the Ten Commandments. Maybe you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, that was back there. <laughs> the Ark was back there. And um, also, that's where the God would dwell back there. On top of the Ark was something called the Mercy Seat, and God would dwell back there, and the Hebrew people called God the Shekinah Glory. The Shekinah Glory would dwell behind that curtain. And it was the center of the Jewish life. So the Jewish people, they had to go to the temple once a year. Again, when Jesus was being crucified, you saw all the people gathering in Jerusalem, gathering to go to the temple for the great Passover feast. And you also remember, too, when Joseph and Mary brought the little baby Jesus to the temple. They had to go there for Jesus to be circumcised and for Mary to be purified. So the temple was the center of their lives, and that's where God dwelt for the Jewish people. Now, Jesus was crucified around the year 33 A.D. The temple was destroyed in 70. In the year 70, that whole thing was torn down. And the, 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 pe the Jewish people lost the center of their lives. Now, fast forward to the Second Vatican Council. St. Pope Paul VI said in one of his addresses to the council that the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The church is now the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when you want to see what is the Holy Spirit doing in the world... You look to the church and you see the work of the Spirit. It's so evident. For example, in the seven sacraments, that's all the work of the Holy Spirit. When you go to confession or when you get married or when you get confirmed or when uh, you're ordained or when uh, you come to Eucharist, that's all the power of the Holy Spirit working in the world, making God present for us in those moments. The Holy Spirit making God present. When you hear the gospel read, as you just did today, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Because every time you come to church and hear God's word, it's an opportunity for God to touch your heart and to change your life. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you hear the preacher preaching at Mass, that's the power of the Holy Spirit in the world. Again, this opportunity for God to touch our hearts, to change our lives, to renew our minds, to purify us. All this, all this is work of the Holy Spirit in the world through the church. And why is that possible? That's possible because of what Jesus says in the gospel, is that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of each person. Jesus says, whoever loves me will keep my word and my Father will love him and we will come to make our dwelling with him. God, the Holy Spirit, dwells in each baptized person. Each person that is baptized, then the Holy Spirit moves in. But my friends, you can't just have the Holy Spirit. You can't, you can't divide the Trinity up into three things. So when the Holy Spirit dwells in us, also God the Father dwells in us, and Jesus Christ dwells in us. 
God comes to make his dwelling in each of his baptized, each, each of his children. So at baptism, God moves in and you become the temple. We don't have to go anywhere. The te- God dwells in each and every one of us. And when God comes to dwell in each and every person, it has a certain effect in our life, and it does so many beautiful and astounding things. But I'm just going to talk about three. But first I want to say, doesn't that blow your mind? That God dwells in you? That's how much God loves you? You know, doesn't that explain we're getting ready to celebrate the ascension? You know, why didn't Jesus stay? Why couldn't he stay with us? He didn't have to go back to heaven. Why didn't he stay here? That'd be great, wouldn't it? He left so that the Holy Spirit could now dwell inside of you. And Pentecost is coming up. You know, this is the chance to open yourself to God again, to open your hearts, to open your life, to have God touch you in a new way, for God to bring new gifts into your life, this Pentecost. So as this great Pentecost is coming, start preparing your heart now to receive God in a new way and to renew these gifts, which I'm the three things I wanted to say. One, since God dwells in you, number one, you are never alone. Never. You can't pray alone. You can't be by yourself. You can be separated from people only, but you can't be alone because God is dwelling in you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit living inside of you. They're always with you. You are never alone. Number two, when God comes, he brings gifts. So this indwelling of the Trinity inside each of us is a way that God gives to us so many gifts. And the the sevenfold gifts of the Spirit, and they are for your salvation. So, and these gifts change you and make you into a saint. These are the gifts that change us and make us who it is that God created us to be and who, these gifts that set us free from the power of the devil in our life, these indwelling gifts of God. And then God gives us another set of gifts for other people. These are the gifts of the Spirit. And he gives us these for the building up of the church. And each of us has them. You've got, you got them. You got them at baptism, and then they are, you even get more at confirmation. And throughout life, you get more and more gifts from the Spirit, and they're for other people. They're for building up God's church. And no one, no one gets them all. You know, we all have some of them. So no one has all the gifts. But when we come together as a community like this, guess what? We got all the gifts. <laughs> we got all the gifts we need for this town, for this area of the world. We got all the gifts that are needed to bring other people to Christ, to share love with them, to help the poor, to take care of people, and to share the good news of Jesus. Those gifts have been given to us by the Spirit. So through this indwelling of God, we are equipped for the mission. We are changed into becoming saints, into who God has called us to be, and we are never alone. And this is what we are called to do in life, dear graduates. As you go now, forward, you know, the Spirit's going to keep stay with you, and the Spirit's going to give you more gifts for the building up of God's kingdom.